0: So, are any of you already involved in? I know you've got a church full of people from the nations. H- have you done, done a little bit of that? What What have you done? Just to give me a. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We were involved for like two years on helping teach English to new Americans through the Lutheran Social Services. They need the to where? Lutheran well, filter Services. It's a okay. organization that helps welcome um, refugees. And so, for two years, we partnered with them to teach English to um, refugees. Uh, we're not currently doing not that. Not currently
0: no. done. No. And did you enjoy that? Yeah. 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 That's good. Do you find some of the people coming to your church, is their English quite good then? They understand the messages? Yes. So you're not dealing with language issues there? Mm-hmm. Not really. Well, what about you? Do you have...
1: Um, actually, we just had one family come. Um, um, they were sponsored by another church, and they bought a house, this other church. Um, and it's a mom with five children from Africa. And so they've connected with us, and she know very little English and so it's just interesting because now we're seeing more and more immigrants yeah, in our right. area Okay, so. good
0: So I were, I'm from England originally I'm uh, from Liverpool I um, have lived cross-culturally three times and I'm still living it as you can tell with my accent um, so I am, I've lived cross-cultural and immigrant life for many years. When I was 25, I moved to Hong Kong and worked with Jackie Pullinger. I don't know if any of you know her. I lived in Hong Kong for a year, and oh. she
1: spoke at Mother's Voice oh,
0: cool. Well, there wow. you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when
0: I was 25, I went to work with heroin addicts with Jackie Pullinger, and uh, obviously, you, you, I was in a meeting in the Walled City my first night, and I didn't no Cantonese, and I didn't know who was a heroin addict and who was someone who was getting out of it and was a helper. And when I look back, I think that was culture shock. And um, so, one of the things I did, I learned everybody learns Cantonese when they're with her, but you have to. And so, that was my first sort of experience of a living language. I'd learned French in school, but the first time I actually desperately needed to learn a language to communicate. I love Chinese so much I went, came back to um, England and studied Mandarin. I'm actually a piano teacher, I'm trained as a musician really. Studied Mandarin at university um, and then had the opportunity to go to Beijing. And I ended up living in Beijing for three years, uh, studying Chinese again, teaching English and working for the British Council. So again, very different cross-cultural. I started on the streets of Hong Kong, ended up in the diplomatic area of Beijing. Uh, so, where you weren 't actually supposed to have too much contact <laughs> with the Chinese people because uh, so that was interesting, then I came home, and Peter and i um, we, we were old friends i 've come to Canada twenty four years ago so i 've lived another twenty four years of a different cross cultural experience in some ways harder because it 's more subtle. I had the language, but i didn 't have a, the cultural understanding, and I have a dreadful sense of humor british uh, Liverpool humor, which sometimes doesn't go down very well and I've learned to tame it somewhat so, uh, <laughs> so um, when I came here my husband actually AJ is one of my husband's best friends he was was he your best man I think so but Peter and I when we were first married we planted the south church so we were there for 10 years then he was the principal of the school here for six years so we came back and then we've been at Panet Road ever since. So that's kind of our journey. We've got four daughters, um, 21, 19, 17, 14, two at university, two here in the school, and I've mainly been a piano teacher. All right, so that's kind of a general background. Um, I, Like I said, I've always having lived as an immigrant, I think like an immigrant, and I feel for immigrants. So in the South, we did do a work amongst... Um, international students. They're not very formal, but we did work and volunteered in government classes for two years. When I came up here, didn't quite know what to do. It was raising kids. I had this experience of sitting in church thinking, Pff, I know my husband's preaching, but I want to be outside. I feel like I should be in a classroom outside the, bu- outside the sanctuary. I didn't know what, what was going on, but I, as I see the church services as though a non-Christian is with me. I can't help it, that's how I feel. I didn't understand that's probably an evangelistic gift. So you're in a church, but you're always living it through a newcomer with you. But there weren't any newcomers. I was so busy I didn't know anybody. (laughs) So what happened two years ago was that Ron um, invited Peter and I to go on a Billy Graham conference. And I went to an evangelistic conference. I'd never been to one before. I looked around the room I thought, you're all like me. Every message was about outreach. Every message was... And I'm Will Graham, Billy Graham's grandson, preached. And I just felt this impartation of something. I thought, this makes sense now. This is why I don't always want to be in church meetings, even though we're pastoring the church. Because I would want to be in an Alpha meeting, really. That's where I kind of wanted to be. And I didn't know how to fit. I didn't know how to volunteer. I could usher. I'm not very good at taking up money, because I'm British. We're not very good at that. Um, I, I, I could be in the kids' ministry. Good. I could. I suppose if they wanted me to, I could have preached. I could pray. And those are all good things. But it wasn't like, I desperately want to volunteer in these things. So I went to a workshop just like this two years ago, and two people from Calgary, Rick and Patty Love, who I will share their resources with you, were doing a conference on how they've opened up their church on a Sunday morning, to teach English to newcomers. And over twelve years now they have three hundred people coming during the week to their English language classes, which are non spiritual. Then on a Sunday morning they've opened up the church to a bridges class where they use the Bible and they have over a hundred people coming every Sunday non believers using the Bible to study English. From there they have forty or so going into Alpha this is every session and then people getting saved. So what they did was they opened the door really wide because a lot of people don't know that they want Jesus. They don't know, but they do need English language if they're immigrants. So open the door as big as you can. Then from there, invite people to spiritual things. But just initially things that aren't, again, too threatening because they're not maybe ready for it. If they're Muslims, they're not going to want to come to a, someone telling them that what they believe isn't right. Come to a class where you can explore, but they're hearing God's word. So it's coming into them and it's living. And it might be five, ten years before they're ready to go on an alpha course, but they know every single Sunday they can come. And we try to do it. We try to make you feel welcome when you walk in. You know, you, you acknowledge everyone that walks in. My, my phrase to my volunteers is everyone that walks up this room, you make them feel like a million dollars. Because they might feel like, well, I don't know what they feel like. If they've got a headscarf on and someone's saying something racist in the line. I don't know what they've gone through all week. But when they come to us, you make them feel amazing. Even if they don't even want to learn English. They want to come back because they they just want to be loved. And so the coffee and the snacks is a huge part of our program. (laughs) It's so crucial, that buzz of community. So... uh, When I went and saw what and stayed with them and I watched what Calgary had done, I thought, Ah, Lord, I think this is what you've been asking us to do. I just didn't quite get it. And I had mentioned to someone, how about we run English language classes during the Sunday service? And they're like, well, they've got to be using the Bible. And I'm like, why? When we run a volleyball outreach or a food bank, just because we're using text doesn't mean there that you're going to use the Bible. You're not going to ask someone to come and play volleyball and then teach them the Bible. You're inviting them to play volleyball to connect, and that's really what these first sets of classes are. So, um, I actually, the the, the thing I did miss was though. I just want to read this to you, if you don't mind, the first part of this. Intercultural EAL ministry is embracing all nations and creating a pathway to Jesus. So everything that we do Is to create a pathway to Jesus. That is my heart, and I believe as they come to each class, they are meeting Jesus because they're meeting us. They just think they're coming for English language classes. Mm -hmm. Because when our hope, yeah, our hope and desire is to find as many ways as possible to introduce people to Jesus. So for you, it might not be EAL; it might be something else that your church can do on a Sunday morning. Whether it is a fitness class, again, it doesn't really matter to me. Find out what are people wanting when they don't know that they need Jesus. (laughs) Um, Open the church to that. Um, When people meet Jesus, this is why their lives are changed, their theology is changed, their physical and mental health is changed, their perspective on life is changed, their hearts melt. They find healing, they find purpose, they find hope, they find meaning, they find friendship. They are most importantly given the opportunity to hear about salvation and give their lives to Jesus. They're released from the power of the enemy, released from the power of lies, darkness, torment, demonic torment, family dysfunction. They find family. I believe that people can find family in the church before they're saved. And they find acceptance, belonging, love. They begin to understand the things that were hidden. They're freed from condemnation. And this is the thing that makes me cry. They're not just told the truth. They meet the truth. And if you talk to university students right now, they want to know what the truth is because they're so confused. And they're only going to meet the truth when they meet Jesus. But the enemy puts all this confusion And baggage about the church. And our Russians coming have so much baggage from the Orthodox Church. They have to be persuaded to walk through these doors and told that no one's going to make you believe something you don't want to believe. They will love you and teach you English. And that's just about gets them through the door. There's no way they would walk in the sanctuary right now. Five years down the road, mm, I think they might. (laughs) Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Therefore, I believe strongly, more than ever, the enemy, Satan, the God of this world, the father of lives who hates Jesus, will do everything possible to stop people meeting Jesus. And then the thing about the language is, if people come to our country and they don't have the language, how will they hear the gospel and understand it? So how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, the next little bit, it was very brief, and there's loads more. But if we look at how the different ways people meet Jesus, Zacchaeus was desperate, so he climbed a tree to see him. The woman who was, had the issue of blood, she went and touched him. Bartimaeus could only, he couldn't even see where he was, so he called that, but he needed his physical eyes healed before he could see Jesus. Um, the paralyzed man couldn't do anything himself. Maybe he didn't even want to see Jesus, but his friends were like, I'm going to make you see Jesus, and we're going to take you, and we're going to dig a hole in the roof, and we're going to put you down. And some of our friends, I think that's what goes on, the students know, it's fun here. Just come and try it. But They don't want to, but their friends bring them. Um, Obviously, Jesus also went out and met people. And, I mean, and, and we've tried classes, as I said, we've tried classes in one other place. Um, and I want to try classes in other parts of the city. I want to go into the area before we move into West St. Paul. But what, what this is happening here, it's, a, it's turning Sunday into a missional Sunday. It's turning the church outwards. It's releasing evangelists in your church to function on a Sunday morning by opening a gateway for unbelievers to come in. We're lucky we have two services. My volunteers can volunteer in the first service and then come and, volu- and, and I mean, go to church in the first service and volunteer in the second service. But we are actually going to be starting a spiritual program in the first service, so it's going to alternate. I don't know what people are going to do. You may not have that luxury. So then you, your volunteers just have to alternate, although there's some passionate who will come every week. So um, whatever, because it's so exciting and, and you have your own revival going on because you're finally functioning And you're being able to function on a Sunday. Um, So my goal is, it will be different for different churches, but whatever it is, to remove obstacles so that people can meet us. Because when they meet us and they meet community, they meet Jesus. And the thing about the resource of the church, like AJ is the head of a big company, very important man, but gifted in job interviews. So I said, come to my class. My students are desperate for jobs. The Russians are told never to smile to someone they don't know. That is culturally. So you have to have a Canadian come alongside and say, no, no, in our culture, if you don't smile in your interview, you won't get a job. But they don't know that. They think that's, that's like being a clown. They think it's a bit like you'll be seen a bit crazy if you were to smile too much. But you don't know that unless you're touching them. So AJ was able to come, teach them about job interviews. Um, so there's lots of things that are off spins we've had people find jobs and amazing story was a lady who for three years was assistance administrator in russia or ukraine could not find a job we helped her we said look do you've got to do this in your interview she says no way i'm going to go it she got a phone interview but then they were still worried i think but kelly was her reference and what did you do 25 minutes she was on the phone persuading the University of Manitoba that this lady was good enough for this job she wouldn't have got the job without Kelly mm. Kelly got her a job and she earns more than Kelly <laughs> <laughs> but extraordinary we've had other people find jobs too so it, and it's the, the thrill of them coming up the stairs the next week and suddenly their self-esteem you know so I'm gonna, I, want you to, uh, I, I want you to ask questions, but I'm going to just do a quick, brief history of, of what, what's happened in the last two years just with some photos, because I'm excited about it. Um, so I'd gone to this conference. I came back and I thought, I think we can do this. I don't know how we're going to do it. I've never done it before. I have got my TESOL. I'm passionate about unbelievers. Calgary had curriculum. I stayed with them. I bought their curriculum. I said, what do I do? What do I start? He said, start with a conversation class. I got the volunteers. I said, when do you want to run this conversation dress? They all said, we've got time on Sundays. We don't have time the rest of the week, but we've already set aside time on Sundays. So let's do it on Sundays. So it's a ministry here to serve new Canadians by teaching English as another language, providing community, which is huge, helping them find jobs and housing, helping them understand Canadian culture, providing a path to Jesus. One other... Uh, now, this is the programming that we modelled. So a lot of this isn't my stuff. This is Calgary that they've been uh, been mentoring us for 12 years, they've worked out settlement programming, as much as you can do, no spiritual content, because then you will cast the net as wide as you can, and people aren't, you look for the needs, find out whatever they are, they have tried everything, and if you look on your sheet here, you can see all the things they have done, all the settlement possibilities you can do. I've put, because we're smaller, on our sheet there's some that we've done. We haven't done as many. Transitional programming is programming using the Bible, but it's pre-evangelistic. Anything they say, any thoughts they have about religion, or whatever, it's okay. You just dialogue. But you're reading God's word. Here is when you you just so we don't really we we haven't advertised this we're gathering all the the people over the last two years I've got all their emails I've got I know who they are and then it's like okay now we're going to invite you to a bridges do you want to come and try we launched one well I'll show you later we launched one at Easter um, but the spiritual programming and I know there's people in the church they they don't want to do this. They're not really interested in this. They're fervent Bible teachers. They want the word of God in these people. Well, I'm going to wait. And then I'll say, someone's just become a Christian disciple. Don't be bothered with this. I get a bit bored once they become Christians. I don't know what to do with them, actually. I'm better off going back into the settlement. I just love looking for new places where I can find people. But don't bog me down in church meetings too much. Because it's a bit too much. I want to be out seeing who's out there and how we can connect to them, so you look to see which, they can be evangelists, but all different sorts of evangelists some of your evangelists are host- hosts, We make them feel amazing so, let's see the next one, so we were lucky Gateway has been huge into immigrants, in the, sense, the na- passion for the nation, so it's in our history it's, and this is just me coming on the end of it you can see all the flags wow, planted a downtown classroom for refugees in the Core of Winnipeg, she is an extraordinary woman, and she's British too. Um, God brought her, but what she did saved kids from gangs because they came into our school. Amazing work, which is another workshop in itself. We've already have a very multicultural school. Like my kids are in a class with, fifth, you know, there may be twenty-five students, but thirteen different languages going on, and that's partly because of the downtown. We bus kids up. Um, so Ron had asked me there's lots of Russians coming what are we going to do Can you?" this is the first thing he asked me to do would you try and get translation going for these Russians that are coming Irina is an evangelist and she, she was willing to do it I found equipment someone had bought so we started to translate five, eight people every Sunday started to come listen to the Russian translation they were obviously already seeking so it's kind of transitional she's kind of a bit burnt out now but through this she was in Safeway earning minimum wage, very unhappy. She's helped us in this programme. Last September, she decided, I'm going to train to be a TESOL teacher. She's now a trained TESOL teacher, has a full-time job in the city. Amazing resource. you know. Financially, their lives are different, but she knew what she loved. Prisca is now translating into French for us. So we're giving Avina a break. So on Sunday mornings we have Prisca and I've just found two more I realize I need a team of three if we're going to make this work so apart from tomorrow we've got French translation every Sunday until Christmas opening I think God's just opening the door for French people now
1: there's some people from
0: Congo and Sierra Leone yeah. who hear that the French. and the Ivory Coast Always. it's Ivory Coast yeah. so that's just another doorway I want four languages going on I'm looking I'd like Arabic I love the Arabic um, but we've got a lot of Africans. I'd like two languages going on in the first service, two in the second, so we're having to look at portable translation booths. Right now, we're doing it out of the kitchen, but just whatever. Get them in. doesn't matter. Come in. Listen to the translation. Come up to EAL afterwards. Um, so that's that. This was our first ever class. There were 11 volunteers and 11 students. Multi-level. I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> but it was so fun because I was on a team and we just we used the curriculum all we do it's so simple this is what I love about the curriculum you, you have a topic and they've got so many topics so maybe tomorrow I'm doing the four so for 15 minutes I talk about the four we have a lot of fun and laughter yeah I get things wrong because I use the wrong word because I'm English and I'm corrected do you have to correct me <laughs> she, she, I've given her the intermediate class actually. But anyway, you do 15 minutes you talk about the topic, you have some fun you have some banter, then you've got maybe five, eight volunteers, they split into little groups, they have a sheet of questions to talk about because they just want to speak and then you see this buzz going on and you see friendship happening and, and it's just wonderful, and then the teacher can just, you know, I can go and join a group but it's not a huge amount of work in the class for one person and the volunteers are amazing, and, and they come from, you know, just come and help. And I'm thrilled to watch them develop. So that was our first class. And then things grew, things dipped. And then one of our students decided to post a class on Facebook. On a Polish Facebook, on a Russian post, on a, a Ukrainian. He, he, again, he's a Christian, but he's a Ukrainian, and he's part of the class. I'm, like, getting emails all week. I'm, like, like, what have you done? So from 11, it went, kind of went down to 7. Just wait for the beginner class. But, and then suddenly I had 25 coming. And I had emails happening all the time. I'm, like, okay, so if you want to, if you want to reach people, find someone who's going to post it on Facebook. <laughs> Calgary put big signs on their church. F- property front, not the church signs. They hire other ones so it doesn't look churchy. Free English classes. Every time they, they're doing things. Um, So then what happened was, we suddenly ended up with, I was doing, I mean, I sometimes do do 25, 30 hours of volunteer (laughs) work just to get this, because I had seven sets of levels in the class. You know, people who just arrived two days ago and someone who's wanting to get a job in engineering. So we had all different levels of curriculum, and then last, this time last week someone said, look, come on, let's open a beginner class. You're sitting in the beginner class. This is where we do our beginner class. We have the tables in squares, four together, and, and somebody now, just go back to the beginner class. So um, we teach very basic things for the beginner class. Easy again, as easy as possible. We, we go from the ESL website, the ESL library website, has thousands of lessons for advanced, intermediate, beginner. But so these beginner lessons come with big pictures that you can print out and put out here, and then just going through vocabulary. But again, you create conversation, but it's manageable for us because we're all working in other jobs. I can't, I can't be developing curriculum every week. Mm-hmm. I tried to sort of tie it in with the topic of the intermediate, and they keep creating new lessons all the time, and now they're creating lessons for people who've never held a pen before in their own language, you know, which you've had to deal with, and so you're teaching them how to write our language whenever you've written their own language. But you can do that when you've got lots of volunteers. Um, then we've got the intermediate class which is the sort of how I've explained you do the topic this is how the bridges will eventually run too you use the first 15 minutes just to read the Bible together and then you have curriculum that I'll show you and if anybody's interested in this curriculum um, this is sort of how the curriculum looks so you have a Bible reading here you read that out together and then you split into groups and the beginners just look at the pictures but you've got the pictures on a big sheet here. You can create a lot of language from that. Maybe they're ready for some of the words. So for this one, it's like fish pulling something out using a rope. You know, it's just using basic culture but using the Bible text. Then you can go on further... And some of them will take a long time to do this. And then you can go on further with the um, intermediates, do more language. And we find they just want to talk about so many things. We never get through our curriculum. But then when I was in Calgary, it was very interesting. This was the advanced group. It was just one man and 20 students. And they were talking about the questions. Jesus appeared to follow us by the Sea of Gallery. Let's make a list of all the bodies of water that people in our class have been to. Mm -hmm. Um, What kinds of activities do people do besides or by the water? so you start like that but then as it goes on you might go even though he wasn't a fisherman Jesus gave his followers fishing advice how do you think they felt when they talked about fishing advice you know so maybe and it gets more spiritual as you go on tell us this was the third time Jesus appeared to his followers after he was raised from the dead how do you think this fishing experience has affected the followers of Jesus? So you start with the easy ones, and you go not, but it's all here, and um, I do have resources here for you if you want to contact them, and that's the curriculum that i bought, and they keep developing it. Um, so that's the intermediate class. The advanced class, last May, the students were saying, we want something more difficult. Some of us need more difficult. They want to go further. So we opened an advanced class with this lady, never taught anything, never done education, never done TESOL. She says, I'm going to do it. I'm like, what? (laughs) She looks back at her first class. She goes, I didn't know what I was doing. So anyway, what does she do? She's trained in TESOL all summer, purely for this class, so that she can now do a quality class. What we found is... They like it, but they want the small group stuff. So some of them were telling me in the break last week, can we come back to the intermediate? I said, you wanted grammar, you wanted difficult things. I said, I know, but we wanted friendship and community too. So we're going to have to throw more volunteers in there and create. They still want that community. They want to be stretched. The
1: nice thing is they're not requiring them to be... uh, You've gone into the advanced class, you need to stay there for a six-week block. They can go back and forth. Yeah. Because it's just a lesson for the day, right? Um, we do want to incorporate review from last time, but it's not essential that they were in the class before. So if they feel like they want you know, to do a stint in higher grammar, they can, and then they can come back to taking that grammar and actually practicing it in conversation. Because they may know verbs, they may know tenses and things that we don't even know, but they don't know how to string it together in a sentence. So they need a mix.
0: And I think that's one of the key things. You don't put obstacles. We're removing obstacles. Right. Of course, you can drop in. Of course, you can spend two weeks because you've got a, not here. You can come back any time you want. And what Rick says, some churches do register, and you know, and if they're not register, we do ask them to register just so I have their email. But fluid and, and what happens is then they feel free they don 't feel like i 've been bad i haven 't come for two weeks i 'm not allowed back, no, 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 you come in whenever you want, and it means what, now we have the three levels: you can have a family, the man may be beginner, the woman 's intermediate, the daughter may be quite good, but th- then we have a snack time in the middle, and they all can get together again, and speak their own language <laughs> so one next one. This was just a our Christmas party last year really fun again a lot of my ideas from Rick I just said what games did you do what worked Um, but we did sing Christmas carols because it's appropriate and we gave them the Christmas story and this is where we found out that two of the children were born in Jerusalem and one man was born in Bethlehem it's such a privilege it was just like I can't believe what a privilege he has brought us quite a lot of um, Russian Jewish people who've spent time in Israel and here and, and can tell us they've been to the Sea of Galilee, they've been in Jesus' tomb. Go on. And then a barbecue. This is where Kelly's brilliant. I like programs, I like things. She's like, let's do a barbecue and let's do all this. I'm like, go! No! <laughs> so she took it on and it was a wonderful wind up. And this young man, well, he went to a bicycle repair shop to volunteer. One of my friends, was next to him, heard him not having very good English, said, okay she had this on her phone I encourage people to have it on phone she gave him an invite to our classes and this is the other thing be very, very invitational we have all sorts of invites for different classes that we do um, she gave it to him, he came to our class he was like, what, what is this, is there a church here? well yeah, so he went to the church, one of our pastors Ken Peters, started to meet with him after two months, he became a Christian. This is unusual. Like, Calbee will most you'll be waiting longer. He became a Christian. And then I found out this summer he's been discipled by some Christian international organization working with kids. He saved two people from committing suicide this summer because he was in the right place when they were going to jump off a bridge. He
1: bikes all over the city. Yeah. And he saw, he, he just, I mean, it was a God thing.
0: But God had his hand on him when he arrived in Vancouver. He missed his flight. He didn't know where to stay. And the chaplain said, you can sleep in the chapel. His first night in, ca- in Canada was in a chapel airport in Vancouver. And it's never been done before. And then the other thing was he found a... He, has everyone, anyone ever found a daily bread in the grass? A daily bread? He found a daily bread in the glass. Like, God had his hand on him. And he's an extraordinary young man. I don't know that he'll be coming to classes. But I'm going to ask him to post our classes on Facebook so that I can reach more Chinese. We have a lot of Slavic people. <laughs> Because of Oleg. Um, Any more? Okay, and then we we just thought, I like to try things. Let's not sign up for a year of Bridges classes because maybe the students aren't ready for spiritual stuff yet. So on Easter, I thought, there's no class, no regular classes. So the ones that still want to come, why don't we give them a Bridges class? So we just offered it. Peter, I thought, it would be nice for Peter to speak on this. We had like 15 students come, and we taught the Bridges curriculum. So we read the Bible, we did the whole thing. Again, you can see it was still grammar language-based. Um, but I thought, okay, this can work. So we're going to try one now, five of them, mid-November, because it's Christmas. Again... That will make sense. Teach them about Christmas, but we're going to do it from 9.30 to 10.30. So the ones who are keen can come to that class and then stay for regular classes. I don't want to move the regular class time because mm-hmm. they're already coming. For I, I don't know if it's going to work.
1: You know, the thing yeah. is, we're trusting the Spirit of God to draw people because we've been trying Yeah. And there's the love in the, in the small groups. And, and we also reach out to them at other times. Lots of people have said, you know come to my home for coffee and invited them in and just different things we've done. We did a baby shower for a, to have a baby and and it was taboo for a lot of the Ukrainians, Russians to, oh, celebrate a baby's birth before the baby's born. Could be a luck. superstition in that culture. Mm-hmm. But they said, you know, we're just going to do it the Canadian way and come and they and only three people said they would come, but I think 20 came. Yeah. So they, they were curious and um, where was I heading with this? Um Basically with the bridges class and stuff, it's like
0: Are oh, you saying praying? We're praying that God will Yeah, we're
1: praying that God will draw them in and a lot of them are coming, they're seeing community, they're 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 listening to the worship at the beginning as they come up the stairs. God is using all that. What is that? What is all that worship singing? People raise their hand. What is that? And then as they as they start to trust us, they become more open to Finding out about these things, and then, you know, like Julia said, starting the bridges classes after it was a good a good thing. You know, I think in Calgary they hadn't started it four years. They four took four years. To start they waited it. till they actually opened up a Bible class for people. So
0: yeah, and I think I think that's important. And I think um, the other neat thing is that they're putting their kids in kids ministry. So because we offer it during a time, we Calgary offer it kids' ministry right from the beginning of the service. Ours so have a problem for half an hour because we, they're in the worship service, but they wait, and then uh, they they put... Their, so their kids are here in the gospel now. So my yeah. daughter runs the kids' ministry. She says, Mom, I've got these kids that speak Russian and no English. Oh, they'll pick it up. Okay. We do have to do training. like We do plan to protect because these are vulnerable adults. So we do we have to do all the procedure for our church insurance. It doesn't have to be done like... Immediately, but I like my volunteers to go through that so that we're safe and so that there's always two people in the classroom that have had the training. Um, so yeah, is there anything else there? So that's kind of what happened by the end of last summer. Those are all the people that have come. Were, we were up to 50 students. Now we didn't, Peter and I went on sabbatical, so for four months we've had no classes. We had 30 this week, just because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking we're just going to have to build up again. We just need to advertise, but I know people love it. And um, it's an exciting ministry to be part of. Um, this is my list. I, I still keep, this is the list of all the students that have ever visited. I cry. I think sometimes of Schindler's List. You know Schindler's List? I think, Lord, how can we buy another one? How can we buy another one? Because again what Calgary have said is you might not see them for for a year and then they suddenly come back or they've moved to Ontario or they just didn't want to come but they know you're here, so if you're there every week, and they run bridges 52 weeks a year, every single week the students know it's there whenever they need it and we're not quite there yet um, but I, I never want to forget one of them because I think God brought them and I don't know the timing what his timing is do you want to say anything, you're a volunteer like you just came up and you have been amazing, and, and to have men. A lot of EAL programs have a lot of women. Uh, God has brought me a lot of men, which is very important. So would you want to share anything?
1: It's, um, if I had more time, I'd do it more often. It's that much fun. I really enjoy it. And, uh, ironically, I usually end up with a table of women. <laughs> sharing recipes. <laughs> Some of them are there you shocking. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 That's what they're cooking, no, oh, it's good. It's really good. And having two two services of called again. Yeah. So um, and uh, didn't you have some people over for yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, that friendship makes the difference. difference.
0: And the friendship amongst the volunteers, like, yeah. we've even started to look the same. That's what the students <laughs> think. It's like, what has <laughs> happened in <laughs> two
1: years? They don't know from behind. Yeah, they
0: behind don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's not, it's not <laughs> just yeah. Kelly. I, I have these extraordinary volunteers that come every week. And, and, and it, we've built up a friendship amongst us as volunteers. And I'm so excited about seeing people, some in their 50s and 60s, and I thought, what have you were you evangelists you just need to be here with us and, and I make it as, again as easy as possible for volunteers I think it's very important that they, I say to them, try it once come try it once, sit with a regular volunteer we have the curriculum, this is gonna, we're going to make this easy and if you struggle and it's not for you we won't, we won't put you on the schedule or maybe in ten sessions you can volunteer once it's better than nothing just do what you can manage and some are honorary members they volunteered for a while and then they don't and I say just come up whenever you know, you're not on the schedule just pop up if you've got he's an honorary member he knows you can just come up because you're very he's going to be an MLA like hopefully you're going to get in the Lord is moving him so he's a busy man so I'm not going to expect him to, to do that but when he comes I feel a little lift in my spirit I'm like oh, it's good ages here so um, I'm going to invite. I know most of you are in Georgia, so it's no good for you. But I, I do love to keep training. We trying to have two training sessions, and we open these up to other EAL people in the city. But this one's mainly Gateway, and there's another group called Chai in the city. So this is going to be on Saturday, this coming Saturday. I'm going to talk. So I'm only talking for 15 minutes. I have an amazing volunteer called Sally Nelson, who's worked in the city. She set up a whole organisation called um, New Journey Housing, which has jobs for gets jobs for new immigrants. She's just recently set up a house called Naomi House for refugees. She knows everything that's going on in the city. So she's coming, and Rick is going to Skype in the whole morning and do training, because I need my new volunteers to be trained, and some of them who've never seen it, how to run a small group, what your posture is, how you run a Bridges class. But I know most of you can't come, so... But if ever you think about having some training, having some curriculum. Rick's, uh, it was about $250 for the whole year. I did six Skype sessions with him through the year. He trained me. You can go and stay. You can watch his programs. Um, he has the curriculum and um, this is information about his organization. He helps churches all over the states too. They, 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 they help, I think, about 150 churches. Um, around Canada and the States, developing their programs. So I would suggest you take that resource. If any of you want to see curriculum, he came to be with us last February. He's coming again. And um, there is in here samples of Bridges' curriculum, conversational class curriculum. So please take one if you would like, because we had some spare. And, you know, if you want to contact me, the REAL address is on one of these invites. And uh, so... I hope that was helpful, Yeah, and um, I, I, you know, I hope that your evangelists come alive and you, your Sundays can be missional.. We call them adult classes basically because we can't handle. But some of the kids do come in sometimes. Again, so we're, we're relaxed. Old,
1: 15, yeah. Parents, which is fine as long as we're not having to do childcare. Yeah, we and can't they're, do And they're, they're there to learn. It's, it's a-okay. You know? Yeah. Can I just read one thing? It just says here, the man and uh, who wrote this book talking in our in our church last weekend. And it's here in the old days, the missionary field was you would, go, you would you would translate scripture. You would you would learn other languages uh, to call about and to go to different missions. But now, mission has never been easier. God, in an amazing twist, has brought hundreds of thousands of students across thousands of miles to study, for rather than study and be communicated in to in English. So this has resulted in ESL classes like we're doing. It's also given people who are willing to do an international homestay for people. Uh, I met this boy who's coming to church tomorrow, and he, he's, he, he was first placed in a homestay of a pastor in, at Trinity, in, oh. in Trinity, Trinity College in the U.S. I mean, that's not a coincidence. No, it's like God is calling and now he's here he wants to find out more about what the church is and you know a lot of these homestays turn into people finding out about Christianity and just as these classes do you know interactions with immigrants. The immigrants have come to our
0: door now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? Father, I pray you'd bless all these people. Yes. I don't know what, how, why they came here, but I pray you'd ignite them evangelistically, give them creative ideas, whatever you have, the dreams and passions of even their congregation, where they see people floundering. Are they evangelists who need to be easily with, with non-Christians, not necessarily door-knocking, not preaching from the stage, but just being hospitable and giving them what they need, Lord, to meet Jesus. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.